up everybody and welcome to I Want to Know, the podcast where we answer your burning questions about the Bible and Christian living. And my name is Mamiala Mamiala and the streets they call me Sweezy and I am joined by my amazing co-host Neil. Thanks Mamiala and also welcome to Marvu who's joining us today. So today's topic is focused a bit more for young adults or you know obviously Reverb guys, high schoolers you're still welcome. A little bit more on young adults. So what we've uh, done is we've asked Ntsaku and Malaika to join us today, uh, just to add some flavor to the discussion, I think. So yeah, should we jump right in? Mamiala, do you want to get us going? All right, let's, let's jump straight in. Let's jump straight in. All right, the first question is about unmet expectations. Expectations. It seems like disappointment lies in the midst of uncommunicated and unmet expectations. What expectations do men have and what do women, what expectations do women have when it comes to dating? I'm gonna start with one and say ladies first. Ah, this guy. It's an expectation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, this is a very interesting question for me because I was watching a Korean drama. Yes, folks, I watch Korean dramas. Korean dramas all worldwide. Um, but I, <laughs> So I was watching this drama and basically the drama was just about, I remember watching it and on TikTok a lot of people were just talking about how this guy is so toxic because of how he's treating this girl. And as I watched it, I was just like, is he toxic or as girls, we have specific expectations for people and when they don't meet them, we're like, oh, you're toxic. But it's like, are they actually toxic? So watching that for me i'm just like with regard to expectations i think as women what we do is that and marvel correct me if i'm wrong but what we do is that we we meet someone and they might fit uh, an aspect of what we like mm-hmm. and then we expect them to fit the rest of the things that we want or like and we build this narrative of this person and when they fall out of the things that we actually want like this perfect story we deem them like the villain or toxic or whatever which now I'm just like that's what I'm saying. I'm still grappling with this idea because I'm like, are we, are we as women doing the right thing, or are we just building up a guy to what we want them to be, but they're actually not there, and they tell us what they want, they tell us their intentions and all of that, but we, because we want more, we make them villains. So now I'm, I'm confused about the expectation thing, if I'm being honest. Hmm. Well, listen, from, from my point of view, and the dates I've been to, Christian girls expect uh, a, a Christian guy who's not too churchy, you know, don't mean to be too spiritual, but he must still be cool enough to not embarrass me in front of my friends, you know? And he must still, like, not be too muscly, not be too skinny, but just be just right, you know? And we, I mean, come on, we, we listen to all these things and then they go out on crying like, oh, ah, there's a pandemic of men, there's no men around. So are you, saying, are you saying you must be like Jesus, but not all like Jesus? Not all like Jesus. The goalposts just keep shifting. I wouldn't even say it's a goalpost. Like you can aim at a goalpost. This thing of the spectrum that shifts the whole time is what makes this difficult. Mm. You know what I think it is? It's because growing up, when we think of, oh, back in the day, we think of Christianity as boring. So then we're like, yeah, we want a Christian guy, but we've been brought up thinking that Christianity seems more boring. There isn't fun there. And only as you grow older, like for me, I remember when I was at Reverb, I was so confused. Like I thought Christianity was boring. Like I wanted, I'm like, Jesus, yes, but 
it's boring until one day i walked into reverb and i saw like dave and them just like laughing and i was like oh my gosh we're fun people Christians i don't know this. <laughs> like you like you don't think about the person being human and the other characteristics that they may have so i think yes there is that expectation but if you look at a lot of christian people or guys that i know who are christian they're fun man so it's got that balance, but because of how we've been brought up, we just think y'all are all lame. No offense. What's, what's fun? What is fun? What do you mean by fun? That's a good question. Everyone's <laughs> looking at Marvin. No, she's been quiet. Come on, girl, jump in. in. Help me. Tell us, what's fun? I was actually thinking, I was thinking, like, one of, well, amongst my friends, we had this conversation, and we're talking about expectations, and they were talking about how when they grow up or when they want to get married, their expectation of the man that they want to be is someone who is a virgin. And and I just thought to myself, I was like, are you really expecting? But you know, it's life, man. I, I think it's a great expectation. It's a great expectation. We can't, we're lying now. We're lying because when I've been in circles, especially in church circles, church girls would be like, this is another goalpost thing because it's a thing of like, she doesn't have to be a virgin. I'm, I don't, I'm not a girl, so I'm just, I'm throwing, I'm throwing a shot in the dark. Um, but it's a thing of, he can't be too, I believe it was inexperienced. Don't pretend like you don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, talking the truth. Right, you right. have to yeah. You're the one who got stuck. Yeah, no, because okay, for me, I would, I would want, but if even if I don't get one, um, then it's okay, because not all men are virgins, um, and I'm, I, I'd also like the same because I'm, I'm a virgin, and I, and I'd want to get someone who's a virgin so we can experience the sex together. Yeah. And be awkward together. But you've got the rest of your life to practice. So there's be awkward with your wife. So maybe I you know, I don't know if I'm taking it down too deep here, but but I think part of this discussion has to be is well, what's the source of the expectations? So men have expectations, women have expectations, but what's that based on? You know, are we gonna base it on the Bible? And I mean you okay, you know, I know I'm on record, dating is you don't use people, we don't try people out. So I like courtship better, but I, you know, I understand people date. I did, too, but uh, once or twice, and then I got into courtship, and that worked. Okay, um, so you know, I've got a ring, <laughs> so it helped. Um, but I think, I think what each person needs to do for themselves is just go. Well, what's the source of my expectations? Mm. Where's that coming from? You know, if if your source is well, the guy has to arrive in a luxury car. What's the source of that, and why is that significant for you? So. Uh, you know, I know that perhaps later there's a question we'll get to around lists and stuff, and you know we can jump into that a little bit more there. But I would ask the question: What's the where where are you getting these expectations from? So um, sure. I would say yeah. the Bible, but you know I'm always <laughs> going to say that. So. And I say social media, of course, movies like what's it called fairy tales. Have, we've been indoctrinated from a very young age. So we look at that. We look, a lot of girls want to be with someone who will save them and then only later realize, why? I don't need saving. You don't need mm. saving. Like the only person who can save us is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm speaking for myself. Mavi, you, you can obviously jump in. But a lot of people I know now um, in my age group are just like, no, we're tired 
of the whole fairy tale storyline. We're tired of that because it just paints one picture that women, we are damsel in distress and our story doesn't begin until the guy comes in. And the guy has to be a prince. So that means he has money. That means he is of a certain level in society. That's why a lot of girls like to be with people who are rich um, because that means that they can live the lifestyle that is um, shown and just... Portrayed on social media. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah, that's what I think. I don't think living a slave queen's life is a, a fairy tale, eh? It looks like a fairy tale. <sighs> but yes, no, they're undercover things. I know this is, not on, this is not like a part of the questions, but please go deeper in that regard. In what? Living yeah. like a blessing. Like how does that look yeah, like how a fairy tale? Like a fairy tale? It, from the outside? Because you travel. Because you can get all the clothes you want, you get all the you can try all the food you want. You you it's the lifestyle. You live a lavish lifestyle. You have all the hair you want <laughs> <laughs> if you're black. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have everything. Which and if you look at fairy tales, you like let's look at Cinderella when she made it. When she went to go see her prince, what did what changed? Her hair, her dress, her shoes, her jewelry. And what do slave queens all have? Hair, the outfits, the shoes, uh, the jewelry, bags now. So let me just say accessories. The bags. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm looking. But it's still a pumpkin. It is still, but yeah. Because it's not, it's not rooted in reality. Exactly. Ooh, that exactly. is so good there. Mm. Also, maybe because we're looking at it with, with with the view of what it costs to live that life. Exactly. From what I've heard, it's not it's not just something that happens. Like, you don't just get access to all these things without. There's things that happen behind the scenes you there. You see what I mean? Yeah, the Instagram, the Instagram will say popping in, you know, in, 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 in Tuscany, you know? Life is good, yeah, that's like elite level, obviously. Cape Town is our Tuscany here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a big part. Anyway, let's, let's keep it moving. So, so look, I think, the, again, it's, it comes down to heart motive. Yeah. Why am I dating? Why am I wanting to get to know this person? What's the purpose? Mm. And it, look, I'm, I know I'm, I'm older and... I'm, all of that, but we don't use people. Yes. That's the fundamental thing for me. We don't. We shouldn't mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, not to make ourselves feel significant. Not to meet whatever. I don't want to be alone. Those kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really think we need to get that. And I'm not so, pretending that's easy. Mm-hmm. You know. In fact, you know. Sometimes I think some some people we should only start dating when we're 40 because then we're actually comfortable enough in our own skins. Yeah. Um, but so it happens. You know, 20s the time now. Forty. So, <laughs> so, so I think the expectations are different, but it's the yeah. source of the expectation. Can, can I ask the next yeah. question? We can just to keep the podcast moving. So, um, I'm going to use some phrases here, which uh, were educational for me at a certain <laughs> stage. But is going for coffee the new Netflix and chill? Um, do you think I need to explain to people Netflix and chill? Uh, if you're a parent listening, just ask your kids and then be, but be sitting down. Um, <laughs> so is, the, is going for coffee the new Netflix and chill? And then do you have to have intentions to date someone in order to go for coffee with him? Guys? Ooh. Girls? Ladies? I, I would like to jump into this guy. Um, Going for coffee with a friend or with an acquaintance, I believe, is something that can be 100% platonic. You can see this person drink your coffee, an hour, hour and a half of the conversation is great, but you go home. You know, it can't, it can't be an equivalent of Netflix and chill, because Netflix and chill is this very intimate, we're in the dark watching something on the TV, ask your ch- parents ask your children, sitting down. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
it, it can't be the same. You go for coffee like in broad daylight at half past mm. 11 a.m. Mm. Well, not me, because I don't wake up. But, but, <laughs> but inviting someone over for coffee? You see, that's the same. I think for me, the difference lies in, 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 in where you're going to be doing it. So if you're inviting okay. someone to your place to do something, hey, listen, you're opening the door to Netflix and chill. But if we're going to uh, a container outside Menland Main that makes the best coffee around, <laughs> plug. Plug, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying any names. Um, we're like in broad daylight. Cars drive past up and down, and like you sit like this. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do anything Netflix and chilly over here. Hmm. You were saying something. No, I wasn't. Oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, I agree. The reason um, I, I see how people could perceive it as that, because I know specifically, I don't even know if I can say where, but I heard people, I heard um, at a specific church in a specific ministry, a lot of people were using this coffee thing as a gateway for more. And it confused a lot of girls. It uh, And it was in a church setting. So it what was, do you mean by more? What do you mean by gateway for more? What's more? More, like... The introduction to, like, let's go out for dinner. And do oh, other things. Okay. So a lot of people... Yeah, it, yeah, man. I think it's just that coffee thing now. I think people at church, yeah, just hearing, let's go out for coffee. I'm not talking about like in the office, because mm. then obviously, you know, is it, is it a problem? Is there a problem in the building or whatever? Yeah. But like with two people, it can be perceived as like courtship in the church. What I've noticed in that time mm. where a lot of people got so hurt because everyone was being asked for coffee by the same person. And it's like, Ish. Yeah. So was the coffee I'm trying people out or was it I just probably was like coffee. Like I think it was an honest like I'm we're, we're told to date because we're all single. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm gonna date in okay. the church. But then now if you one person is dating multiple people and those people know each other, it's a situation. But at least you know if they're asking for coffee it's probably just coffee. It's just coffee. Yeah, but if everyone is being told that they need to go date, it's the girls that are interpreting as something else. No, no, we're just going for coffee, guys. It's just like, coffee. No. Get into it, girl. It's <laughs> not just coffee. If someone asks you, and you just just the both of you mm. to go out for coffee, that says a lot. In, that in, in the case where outliers exist, then because I'm not going to say this is a definitive thing. What if you just want to have a conversation with someone you find intriguing? Hence, I'm saying in that time, because of what was going on, it was like the call was made that, hey, guys, look at all the single people. Single people look at each other, uh, go out for coffee. So, so that, created context. Yes, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. So, so that's the thing. Cool. Hey, yes. So in so, that case, it was... So look, I would always just say be upfront. You know, we, uh, uh, this thing we chatted was interesting to me or we had that, can we have it, can we chat further over coffee? So I think be a little upfront. I think the other side of this, and I'm, and I'll probably get a little bit where, where maybe that context was happening is sometimes we can become really spiritual about this. You know, Jesus, I'm praying, and is, is, is he the one? Is she the one? And you don't even know them. You've never even That's said true. hello. That's true. So, you know, I was in this situation once. I thought maybe the Lord had spoken to me about somebody, and I wasn't clear, and I was chatting to, I was actually one of my leaders at that time. Um, you know, because now, you know, it's weighty. I don't want to just give intention because, you know, what, what messages am I sending? And I, you know, I, I must start praying. What must I do? And I said, then my leader looked at me and said, just take her out for coffee and get to know her. And I kind of knew her. It wasn't like a stranger, stranger. So sometimes it's, well, let's go for coffee and see what happens. But just be upfront. 
I'd like to get to know you better. Can we go for coffee? Hmm. But doesn't that... And not know in the biblical sense, since, yes. yeah, because Netflix and chill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to get to know you better. That is interpreted. When a girl hears that, it's like, we're seeing each other, friend. And then they go to their accountability partner and they're like, I need him to see it. I, I don't know, I might see the guy. So maybe you mustn't do that until you really want <laughs> yeah, to get no, to know them. Yeah. So th that's why, you know, hang out in groups. Because then there's like a guy that's lining up there and you're both lining up and you're like, who are you, you know? Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's Group things are weird and sometimes you get a girl that kind of has feelings for you, but Aish. you're not there, you're there. Aish, and, you say, I... and you say something small and obviously it's a yeah. thing of Cinderella time. Yeah, oh, you see, it's no. Cinderella time. Oh, You're making no. up language. <laughs> hey, okay. Fairy tale. We literally spoke about it like five yeah. minutes ago. Oh, I'm bored. Hectic. Yeah. Yeah. So then what do you do then? Because um, you're saying group and you're saying nah. No, well, look, you know, this, something's presupposed. So for me, if in the group you're in, let's say it's a church group, sex is for marriage. So when I'm asking you out, that's not even on the radar. Mm. Well, it shouldn't, for sure, shouldn't be, mm. you know. Um, but it, it is awkward, and that's part of navigating life as a young adult. You know, if I ask you for coffee, it's not a wedding proposal, marriage sure. proposal, it's coffee. And I think, sure. I think in one of the early episodes, we spoke a little bit about this. Maybe it was when Pastor Liu and Natasha were here, I can't remember. So. But it's generally guys mean what they say. Yes. Just as a generalization. Yes. Um, so for ladies, the advice I would often have is just, just take them on what they've said. Don't take the next 10 steps, just it's coffee. Mm. That's it's it. Coffee. It's coffee. Um, and I think the world has changed, so ladies can ask guys for coffee too. They should. I, they should. If you ask me for coffee then, hey, and, and we don't know each other and it's a platonic thing, you coming on to me, you know, you shooting your shot and if you're shooting, Hey, I'm taking off the bulletproof vest. I mean, let's go, you know? And I'll take control. I mean, come on. I mean, so you now you're on nose. Like, Mom, Yada, can we go for coffee? Do I know you? No, I want to get to know you better. Well, the devil is a liar. Get to know me then. Let's see where this goes. Mom, Yada, twice. You know? But no, yeah, yeah. The, the times have definitely changed. Women for are sure. approaching. Uh, and they are shooting their shots. It can get a bit weird, you know, because I mean the pursuit. Then I mean the pursuit is it's, that's so that's the fun ask, part. Do you, you prefer, know? or would you prefer women to approach? Ah, it depends. There's, there's different kinds of women. There's different levels of interest, you know. Oh. Uh, there's some where you like. <laughs> I mean, uh, and then there are others where you're like, yeah. Well, if she shoots a shot, Lord, I'm taking this opportunity. Listen, can I just say the whole, the whole, the whole idea of like shoot your shot is a thing of someone that you just did not have when your radar pops up at all. Okay. Yeah. And it's a thing of cool. What can we do about that? This question was deeper than this, guys. There's more that we need to get to about this question. Yes. Yes. So, thing. Get there. Because obviously there's layers of meaning you are missing completely. No, no, no. The, the, yeah. the, the platonic part of that question. The Netflix and chill. Is that ah, keep going. But that's really. not platonic. Yeah, that's not platonic at all. Well, some people claim it is. True. Hi. Good well, luck with that. To go a bit deeper into that, I think there are people that that are masters at manipulation. Mm. Even even church people, they're very masters at manipulation. So you'd get into that Netflix. Well, you you get invited for coffee, for example, and in that coffee. 
Uh, you get crafty guys that will tell you exactly what you want to hear. And sometimes it's painted as if Christian girls are crazy, and they're not crazy. There are some guys that know exactly what they're doing, and they'll try and get you into a space where they isolate you, and they're like, no, man, you know, there's just a lot of people. We should like, actually just spend time alone. Just get but they play the long game, so they'll go yeah. out in a group for a little bit, but always with a long yeah. game in mind. Okay. They'll play a long game with intimacy, with that Netflix yeah. and chill in mind. And so in that speaking to you, they'll try and create a safe space where it's like, you know what? Sex before marriage is okay, man. Like, ah, uh, I better know. And get you in that environment where by the time you get to that place where you guys are alone together, your guards are down. Completely. Um, Completely. Spiritually or I don't know, theologically, they've tried to mask it in such a way that, ah, uh, doing some physical stuff is okay. Um, and then when you cross that line, you're like, oh, snap, I've crossed that line. And you know, when, when once they've crossed that line, there's a withdrawal. Yeah. Where the guys are like, well, I've got what I needed here. They've, they've hunted and won. They've yeah. hunted and won, and they, and they move on. What's, what advice do you have then to ladies who, I'm um, like, what red flags can they pick up with that guy? So, so I think you get master manipulators. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I mean, then you've got to trust your gut or, the, or your conscience or God speaking to you. Yeah. But generally, I would say, I mean, a master manipulator will work by this. I get that. But generally, check out who's friend, who the what the friendship circle is. Mm -hmm. Who's the guy's friends? Who's the lady's friends? Check that out and check it out consistently. So good. You know, so, that would be that's that's the like the natural thing. You can do. Yeah. Trust your gut. Trust mm -hmm. trust your spirit. Yeah. Also. Also, um, if you can. And it's I mean that's subjective, but yeah. if you got to check, you got to check. You know. Hmm. It's to add to that, the checking. If you can, just have a look at his history. Yeah, mm. um, you, you can like, stalk people on social media now. <laughs> so you, can, you can see a lot on social media. The thing media. is, at some point, you can find that, oh, like if you, what, what's this thing? Facebook. I don't know, I haven't used it in years, but like Facebook, people don't clear the Facebook up. Like, I've got pictures from like 2008 on Facebook. I'm a lot smaller, and it's so weird. But you can kind of look through someone's social history and if you happen to spot someone you know, ask them. Yes, people change, like people grow. Obviously, you know, me five years ago versus me now. If you ask someone I was speaking to generally, how I was then versus how I am now, completely different. Mm. But it helps to educate yourself. Mm. So just, yeah, make, make space to be surprised. Like, <laughs> I think that's the, that's the best advice I can give mm. you because I can't definitively say men will manipulate you like this. Because mm. men are chameleons. That's what I've noticed. Men fit into... We can speak about so many things. So oh, we can. Sure. <laughs> Girl. You want me to be Antoine? I'll be Antoine, okay? Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Uh, right. Okay. So since we're living in a world where um, women now, or even earn more than men, do you think it is a problem if a woman earns more than you? Let me tell you about being a house husband. Listen, I like the gym. I like sleeping in. Um, I like children. I wouldn't mind. I'm not going to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, if she was earning more than me and she said, listen, you don't have to work, why would I fight with her? That's less effort for me. Wow. I can see I'm different in that regard. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be an issue for me, personally. But, um... Let's get real. Let's get, let's get real. You get real about your feelings. Yeah, no, let's get real. You represent, you represent your, 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 your clan. The general consensus in masculinity that I've seen is men that earn more, and this is very toxic, feel like they 
they have control. And I've seen it a lot um, play out in such a way that when some guys don't get a job or they're unemployed, for example, and they're going to financial trouble, that directly leads to the abuse that now starts to happen because they feel mm. like, I don't have power, I don't have control, and I feel less of a man. Mm. And I think that, that plays part into how we've made money such a thing mm. in marriage. And I guess it, it goes back to the years where men were providers. And, and so there's a biblical element that a lot of us hear like, yeah, a man is a provider mm. and is a protector. How can I provide and protect when I'm broke? I ain't got no money. Can I, you just, know? Say, can I just say the word provide? Yeah. Yeah, we've defined it too specifically. Mm. Provide doesn't mean be like breadwinner. From what I have seen, it's, it's not a thing of you are the only person who provides for this household. Bring something. Bring what you can. I think that was the idea, the idea behind it. It's a thing of bring what you can. Put bread on the table when you can. And if you can't, make a plan to provide something. Mm. But earning more, earning less was never part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, also, that power dynamic you speak about, <sighs> everything boils down to communication. Mm. If you're going to be in a relationship with someone who earns more than you, that's fantastic. When it comes to financial decisions, fact of the matter is they can leverage their position. Mm. Whether or not they do that is up to them. But let me, I'm going to keep going. So, so, so I think if you... If you, you know, if, obviously if you're in a church context and you do things like pre-marriage courses and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like many churches do, I think what is important is that that is usually something that's discussed, is how are you as a couple yeah. are going to work with money and treat money? And I agree with Ntako, it's, it is a conversation you need to have somewhere in the courtship phase. Yeah, um, yeah I suppose open communication is better and, and, and who decides? And in any couple you usually find there's a spender and a saver. <laughs> you, not, not always, but usually there's, even if you're both spenders, one's more a spender, mm. okay? Uh, and it's that dynamic, you have to just come yeah. to agreements on and how it works. But, you know, I don't see in the modern era why that would be an issue just in terms of women, because women work, mm. you know? Can kind of you have to these days. <laughs> yeah. Can I put a span in the works? Um, I know in certain spaces and like levels um what happens is when the guy and the the wife and the husband earn money um the husband's money will be the like the household's money and then the wife's money will be her money How the truth is coming out so i think that's part of what you discuss i know yeah. sometimes it you know there's traditional defaults that people go to but that mm. is something you need to discuss mm. as a couple how are we going to do this who's paying for what mm. Are we keeping separate bank accounts? Or are we doing this? Yeah. And, I, and I, can I just say, I don't think the Bible like, gives a command on that. I think that's something you talk about in terms of principles and, mm. and agreements that you come to. I mean, there's benefits in doing things and, and, and so on, but uh, it's still the discussion. But there are for sure traditional roles uh, or traditional mindsets maybe is a better way to go into that. So, Well, I've heard a narrative that a woman will not respect a guy that you see, you smile. I'm just laughing. <laughs> like, and I've heard no. us in, in the streets like, hey, I can't, I can't respect the guy that that, that earns less than me. He must be the the man in the house, you know. But uh, that's the thing. People associate being the man of the house and respect with money, which is just mm. like a flawed thing to begin with. Respect doesn't mean that you can't just respect people who are wealthy. You need to respect everyone. So that's my thing. Um, but continue. But let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. As a woman, and you must tell the truth. 
The Lord is listening now. Uh, you get Charles. Okay. Yeah? And you get another guy. I'm Java. I'm Java. I'm Java is a nice guy. Honest working guy. He's a handsome young man. You know? Um, Java is working an honest living. Petrol attendant. He's great at his job. Awesome. And you get Charles. Charles, you know, he's not the most physically appealing, palatable guy, you know, but he has money. Both are nice guys, right? Emotionally, though, man, you feel drawn to, to this guy who's a petrol attendant. Charles is like a chief economist. Who would you go for? Would you, would you go for the chief economist or would you go for, for, for the petrol attendant? Why are you always looking at me? Yeah. Honestly, I don't care about uh, any of you. No, <laughs> believe me. Uh, but I, I don't, like, oh my gosh. I am about, like, what's it called? Personal connections. I don't care about money things. I won't lie. There was a time when I was in varsity and some guy actually tried to, like, he was driving a nice car and he came down and he was like, hey. And I was like, hi. And I didn't care. Hmm. And when he drove off and my friend was like, oh my gosh, but he's driving such a nice car. I'm like, so I don't care about that person. I don't know that person. I care more about connection. I don't care about money. And also, the Lord. If the Lord makes me the breadwinner, I'm like, come on, let's go, Petro Nintendo. What are your dreams? Let me finance. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, it's also about um, drive. Does the petrol attendant have drive? Because if your dream is to just be a petrol attendant and that's it, yeah. then I'm like, okay, but yeah. let's talk. So. But what if I'm good at my, I'm customer no, service, I love my then, job. Okay, but then I'm do you want to have your own garage? Then I'm like, let's work towards that. You can't just want that to be- That leads to money now, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It's about drive. It's a, Choose uh, character. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I wanted to ask, the thing of um, where does the ambition lie? Because I study economics and being mm. a chief economist pays well. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it doesn't look fun, my brother. Mm. If customer service is your thing, yeah, that's me. Customer service is my thing. <sighs> you just want to scale that up. So if I've got, if I've got, a, if I've got a breadwinner that wants to finance these dreams, come on, dog. Not difficult just to finance. What if dreams. he doesn't want to scale? I love my job. I love what I do. I love serving people, and I meet thousands of people that come in cars but all the then, time. Then I will, then I will be like, let's talk about thinking bigger, because I'm that person. I'm like, let's go bigger, go home. So you want to do this for the rest of your life? Great. How about if it was yours? Let's think about that. Then you can do the same thing. Nothing changes. It's just you own it. But now. that's because of the way Malaka is wired. Yeah. She, yeah. she needs someone who's going to think bigger. I think she's just a other ladies might go. No problem. <laughs> she's just trying to get that money the other way. No, the but it will be my money. I'm the one. But, who's the, okay, but, now, so, but let's not remember yeah, who's the ultimate provider. So God provides two jobs, I, I get that. that. But it does take, uh, and I know this is idealistic, I get it. But there is a real thing. I mean, I, was, I have a daughter and I was like, one day I found myself stressing. She wasn't even double digits yet. And I was stressing and I was going, but you know, how is she going to survive and what money? Mm. And, and then the Lord just said things this to me. He said, her future is in my hands. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I wasn't so worried about her school marks. I'm still, get your homework done. But you know, you don't, yeah. you know, that pressure of, well, her future actually is in God's hands. Mm. And the irony is, so <laughs> I should have known this, but God had to speak to me about it. But I did quite well in matric. But my matric marks never helped me in my career. Yeah. Now, partly because it's calling and, and stuff like that. But the one job interview I ever went for, the guy told me my matric marks were too good. I can't have this job because I wanted to work and study. And he said, no, not with these marks. 
So that's my that's my I should have known. <laughs> no, I know that's uh, typical, but wow. but ultimately, yeah. you have to bring God into the picture that's too. True. That's true. Okay. Right, let's move on to the next question. Okay, so do you find do men find accomplished women intimidating and just undateable? Intimidating, sure, not undateable. Loving someone has nothing to do with their bank account, bro. Like, if you can provide a love for them that no one else can, my brother, you are the most important man in that person's life. Hmm. You can be the CEO of the world. What if I'm the one that loves you right, ah, uh, dog. What do you mean by accomplished? Do you mean like career-wise accomplished? I think it... I, I assume think it so. Was I assume that was the case. Yeah. Hey, yeah, some of them are a problem, eh? Hey. Some of them are a problem. <laughs> Because it's, it's like, uh, I need you to be on the same level as me, you know? Um, you must think bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You gotta think bigger. You know? Let's scale up, darling, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's an expectation, I, I, I think, um, Interesting. that comes, that, that, that they come into it with. Uh, there's perceptions that guys have that, like, oh man, she's like this. And you have to understand, as a black guy, if a woman's accomplished, that's a lot of chankuras, lobola. We're mm. talking serious money. So, so I actually wanted to ask that. Does that factor into the, the into the equation for for black guys with lobola? It's like because I mean I know now qualified pushes the price. Yeah. So do you kind of go now? She's out of my budget. Sorry, I'm. No, no, you're right. Because it yeah. kind of factors into this thing. Is it part of calculation? <sighs> I. I, I at the dating space, no. If it's getting serious, then you're like, you know, you just meet a family, you can see there's that odd uncle or two that's gonna be causing problems and bumping up the price. Ah, yeah, for sure, but I don't think that plays a role yeah. in the dating space now. But I will say when it comes to marriage, I've noticed a common thread of like, you'll find this very like well-off family, an educated daughter, and then it's a thing of they see who this man is and they see that the man will be able to take care of their child. Mm. Well, not a, it's not a, I must pay a million now. This mm. is not, this is not, Dumelen Kune had something to do with this back in the day. He paid like a, a huge amount of money to Lobola, someone he didn't marry. Like, it's shocking. Yes. Um, I don't know if they got married, but I know no, she's I married to married. someone she else right now. That's else what now. I know. Yeah. See, okay. She even has a double barrel surname. That's not his. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but... The way my parents taught this concept to me was Lobola's not, I pay now. Lobola's mm. gonna be a thing of, when you have, it's a thing of, we are taking care of the family. You're going to the missus's family and it's a thing of, hi, mom and dad, I brought you a set of plates. Yeah. It's, it's the thought behind it because Lobola shows character. I believe that's what it was for initially. Mm. It's not just because mm. oh, wealthy people, just Lobola, the best people all the time. She'd be like, I can afford fit. And then what? I have a question. It's, it's, it's tough, eh? It is. It's a very, very difficult one. I, I watched a sp an experimental film um, a while back. It was very interesting because the storyline was how this, this young lady really wanted to marry. Like, they wanted to get married, but the guy was like, nah, I don't have money yet. And she had money. So then she was like, I will labola you, in a sense. What do you guys think of that? Because obviously experimental. Ayo, man. It was, and, and obviously he like struggled with it for a while because he's like, no, I'm the man. I'm supposed to provide. But then it was like, but if this is about creating um, a home and putting money towards a fam our family, yeah. then 
how do you guys feel about being la bola or the wife act or the girl or whatever saying um here's the money you can la bola me take this money la bola me it's emasculating for me man. <laughs> At least let me pay two rand or something. Yeah, if you have two rand. Yeah, do what you can. Okay. So, Zaka mentioned that it's the principle yes. that counts. It's not about the quantity. Um, but over the years, that principle has been distorted and morphed to mean different things to different families. Mm. And so it's kind of like a lottery ticket to which family you're going to get. Um, but I'd, once it gets to that, to that place of, let me look more like you, it's like... Oh, hold on a minute. You know something's what I'm saying? Not yeah, something, right, yeah. something's not sitting right here. Uh, and you know families. Families are gonna be like, he's coming in here eating our food. You know who love all him. That's that's the other thing. Like, can you put extra things in his bag? Exactly. Yeah. If they know, if they never that's know. Oh, come on, he's gonna know. Well, at some point, someone will know. But then, isn't isn't the money that that that's Lobola something that contributes to our wedding yes. as well? Yes. Ah, oh, my brother, we're getting married. Even it's a the, tough one, yeah, yeah but a, hey, we're progressing, so, <laughs> so I, deal I mean, with I, it later. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm the wrong person to compliment, comment here. I'm disqualified by some no, defaults. No, come in. But, but as I've chatted to, to, to like some of the pastors here and staff, colleagues, friends that I've worked with through the years, the, the one thing they always comment when they get asked questions like this around Lebola and stuff is just there's always a way to negotiate. There's always somebody to talk to. Yeah. Even if you take the pastor with, it doesn't have to become this... You know, she's a doctor, she's this, mm-hmm. there's someone you can talk to, particularly if the, the lady talks to her mother and says, convince the uncles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is always a way. So I don't know how, you know, just yeah. I wanted to, that's what I've heard from godly men that I trust. And I pass on to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay. to answer your question more uh, directly, I think um, what happens with accomplished, I don't think it's just accomplished women, but accomplished people in general, is the accomplishment becomes their identity marker. Mm-hmm. And that identity marker then becomes the barrier to entry. Um, So then they define their type around, okay, I am a doctor, uh, I've got a PhD, the guy coming in needs to be, have a master's minimum or that. Um, Because then now we start looking at social circles. The social circles that they're in are very much geared around the identity markers that they're in because they've pulled those those people. And you find that they invite the guy to a work function and the guy doesn't fit into the work function because they are on a completely different level uh, and they've used that that accomplishment to really um, shape their whole lives. And if you look at it before they got the accomplishment and what their parents went through to the previous regime, education has a high premium. Yeah. So that, that identity marker has history of, listen, you are our poster child. Mm. And therefore it becomes very hard for that guy to also assimilate into the family. Because mm. that, family, that family also uses that thing. And it's a very, very strong thing because they, they have a sense of, uh, yeah, our family is, is here. Uh, and so when you get to that Lobola instance where it's about uni- the unifying of families, uh, before before the, the mess, it was the family taking out cattle from the family's uh, homestead to give to the other family. It was never the son. Pulling, yeah. pulling from the family as well. family to the another family and joining the two families. The two and so now joining the two families then becomes hard because that one's got this identity marker and that one now has this inferiority complex and then there's just attention and then the in-laws tension so it, it becomes very 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 hard but i think once people disassociate their accomplishment from who they are mm. um 
then it, it becomes a thing of, yeah, I'm a CEO at, 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 at work, but when I come home, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, and, mm-hmm. and I love you. And there's a guy in the worship department who does that so well. And I see just the, the beautiful dynamic of the wife's like, a, man, she's a high-driven CEO. But when we meet her, hey, man, like, hey, guys, I'm not... I'm not she's a person, not a She's girl. a person. Yeah. She's, not a, she's not a title. She really is a person, yeah. uh, which is really good. And which is one of the things I appreciate about Pastor Louie as well. When you talk to him and meet him, oh, man, it's Pastor Louie, man. It's, it's fine. We can talk to We can relate to him. Mm. Um, so if you take that identity marker, put it aside and say, this is me. Let's get married. Uh, my money doesn't play a role, my status doesn't play a role, or what the world perceives in, I think it can work. But that's a very intentional step. Mm. But I would also think that should go both ways. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Before we move on, I will say, I don't think it's the person like themselves, now that you've spoken about it, that is intimidating per se. Um, it's this notion of having to fit into a life that doesn't look like it's one that you would fit into. That's mm. intimidating. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of a movie I watched. It's like this high-ranking CEO and she meets a chef. I know uh, a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. She <laughs> meets a chef and now he's well. like, he drives a beaten up Honda and, you know, she's getting driven in, 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 in Maybachs, you know. So it's financially, it's a very different thing. And it's a talking point that they have and he just refuses. He's like, do not force your money on me mm. because he has a dream and he has drive and stuff. And his issue was that he doesn't fit into her life mm. from his perspective. And she wanted him to scale up. I yeah. ain't saying nothing. But someone mentioned scale up be here. But yeah. No, it's different because he had a dream. He had a dream. Just have a dream. That's all we care about. Moving along. Please, please. Oh, this question is delicious. Um, what, what does everyone think about gender double standards, right? From clothing to cheating and the likes. Patriarchy seems to be very much alive, but craftily protected by scripture. So for example, um, women have to cover up on stage, you know? We don't want to see a body, we don't want to see cleavage and stuff like that. Ah, but a guy can come, you know, showing his guns and you can see the pecs in your are there and no one is saying anything. For example, when men cheat, ah, all men cheat. Typical. Yeah, this is typical. You know, but when women cheat, it is just shamed, shamed, shamed. Uh, and it seems to be happening more and more, but it's it's more hidden, especially in the workplace as well. Mm. Are, there, are there double standards when it comes to just men and women relating in general? Yes. It starts in school. Mm. Remember, in school, if you were the boy that attracted the most girls, you were the guy. Yeah. Now, flip that script. If you were the girl that entertained or attracted more guys, you were shamed. Mm-hmm. That thing just progresses the whole Use time. Use something, but I'm not going to mention that word. Just, you know, hey, <laughs> high schoolers. Yeah. But it progresses the whole time. Yeah. Um, and patriarchy, oh, it appears in so many things. These specific contexts mm-hmm. will stay here. Mm. It's, it's, it's not something that's addressed when we're younger. Like, mm. you know. I wasn't cool in school. Mm. You know, I was the short, chubby kid. And like the dudes. Short? Yeah. Yes. I was shorter than you when we met. Um, okay. 
there was a time where, you know, I'd look at these guys that garnered the most attention. I was like, wow, you know, mm. they get all the attention and they get all the praise. And I was like, not there. And I wanted to be that guy. Yeah. You grow up and this thing gets worse in high school because now it's a thing of people want to explore certain things that we should do in marriage in high school. Um, and, it, and it keeps growing and it keeps growing and it keeps growing. And if it's never addressed, it's just going to stay a problem. Mm. So I think there are double standards, but I think culture is moving to address them. Yeah. I think because people are much more sensitized to it now. But I think we can't deny that there are double standards. Mm. And, and I don't think that's correct. Um, so can I talk just on the, the Bible thing? Yes, so, so I get everybody reads the Bible with certain lenses. So mm. I understand how people have used, do use and can use the Bible to reinforce patriarchal stereotypes. Mm. But I don't think that's actually what the Bible teaches. I think sometimes the Bible reflects the culture that it's written in. Yes. So there are wow. there are insults in the Bible where I will make you as weak as a woman, mm. or you know, and it's because in that culture it was a, you know, <laughs> it's there. So I think there is a thing where the Bible reflects the culture and, and mm. the message is being conveyed within a cultural stereotype. Mm. But what we do and. You know, I've taught on this for long, for many years, is if you want to look at what the Bible says about, let's say, gender relations, you've got to go to Genesis and you've got to go to Jesus. Mm. That's where you start. Genesis, male and female together, created in the image of God, equal value, equal mandate. Mm. Together they're given, male and female together, you shall rule over the earth. Mm. So equal value, equal mandate, Genesis. Jesus and the way he treated women, yeah. completely not the norm of his culture. Our challenge is we don't actually realize how different the biblical cultures mm. were. Wow. You know, even to talk to a woman in public, like, you know, Jesus mm. talking to the Samaritan woman, scandalous. You know, the, there's some cultural things wrapped in, you know, Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and everyone goes, really? Yeah. But actually the, the phrase probably didn't mean she was literally, although they all sat on cushions and stuff, so, but, you know, mm. but it's more like she was learning from him, which mm. in the day women weren't genuinely regarded as disciples. So we can go into the examples, but for the podcast, Genesis and Jesus, mm. And then if you get to Paul and guys like that, there's application into cultural context. Yeah. You know, women must be silent. I don't allow women to teach. Two places. But in many other places, go Paul, there's no male or female in terms yeah. of access um, to salvation, opportunity to calling and things in God. So mm -hmm. you have to read kind of the whole of Paul and then you can start going, now I know there's a debate. How cultural is it or how wasn't it? Yeah. I'm on the, it was quite culturally specific side of the, the debate. Um, because it's right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's books written on that. Yeah. But I don't think, what I don't think is good is to use the Bible to reinforce something the Bible never intended. Yeah. Genesis and Jesus, that's what the Bible intended. And so let's have the discussion with that as the, the framework. Mm. But I know, you know, the Bible says submit. The Bible says that. Um, I think there's more to be said into that discussion than just the oversimplification, maybe. I say that respectfully to people who've written books on this, uh, of the text, but... Um, so I don't think we should use the Bible to, to do that. I don't think, you know... But the challenge is, as soon as you say the Bible says, it comes with this, less and less, but it comes with this level of authority, yeah. you know. Because a big one, especially for our girls, has been this. Why, like, are we held responsible for guys that can't control their yeah. urges? Like, yep. yeah, yeah. I'm stressed in my, my, in my things and an older lady is sure to come around the corner and be like, don't cause your fellow brethren to stumble. You know, so you can't do that. And 
it's been very contentious because then we get into the what's appropriate and what's not appropriate mm. to to wear in a church setting. And then the obvious question comes out is, who are you to dictate whether that's appropriate or not appropriate? And I feel like men and women, we're not finding each other on this thing and it just gets worse. So we need to be honest here. I think probably first thing I'd say is, Lust is a problem in men and women's yes. hearts. Yes. So let's be real, the, the, the statistics show that usage of pornography is pretty much starting to even out between the genders uh, globally now. Mm. South Africa, I, I don't have stats on that. But lust is a problem in the heart. So even if you have countries where um, ladies are burkered up, okay, uh, the, they still find porn as usage as I amongst the men. Mm. So the, uh, the way a lady dresses or the way a man dresses, uh, if there's a problem in your heart, yeah. it becomes the issue. So mm. I think I know, you know, other the old ladies come and I think there are principles around modesty, but I think they apply to both yes. genders. Yeah. Now you can have a very interesting discussion around what was modest in the time it was written and what is modest now. But take the principle of modesty. But mm. how a lady dresses... It's not their fault. It's, I can, if I don't have a lust problem in my heart, it pretty much doesn't matter. Well, you know. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's like, bah! It's like, there, no, no, can that, see. But, but you know what the godly eyes. men do? I, I love watching this. I watch young people sometimes. The godly, the godly men then, they either, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I covenant with my feet, or they, covenant with covenant. my feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. Just yeah. watch them. Yeah, but sometimes someone is using a whoa, which, okay. And now you're trying to, trying to, let's say it's like a, um, okay, this is, yeah, so, so, so okay, we, this, we're real, okay. So sometimes people come for prayer after oh, yeah. a service and you, you're the male pastor, but you're praying like this, man, because that's what you do. That's what's appropriate, it's Because you can't, or you pray with your eyes closed. It's simple, but you yeah. adjust, but it's not, I don't, you know, I think there is a principle of modesty. I, I'll be honest around that, yeah. but I think it applies both ways. Um, but I think it's the don't cause your brother to stumble. I think that's a mis. I don't think that text means that at all. Mm. A stumbling block is something completely different. But that's, I'll do a podcast on its own. Yes. No, but you understand. I don't yeah, think yeah. you can't cause me to stumble. I cause me to stumble. Mm. You can make my life harder. Mm. But that's not a. Is that? Yes. But, uh, but then it just exposes the issues in your heart, yeah. and that's the thing. I've, I've, like, I've been in so many discussions around this because obviously at Reverb, um, there was a discussion once where um, some of the leaders wanted us to start speaking to some of the girls and tell them change how you dress, and we were like, whoa, 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 whoa! This is a journey. We have to walk with them, and just like if you look at the Bible, Jesus never went to someone and was like, change how you dress. No, he went up to them and he spoke to them and he, like with the lady with, at the at the well, the Samaritan woman, he was just, like spoke to her and then was like, okay, but this is your life, right? Okay, let's talk about your life. Like it was a journey, it was a conversation, not a command. And this is what I feel the church has done a lot, where we command young ladies to do certain things, which I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, is perpetuating um, um, insecurities in the young ladies. It's perpetuating dare I say, rape culture, because we're telling ladies, okay, um, if you dress a certain way, then you should expect a certain reaction from guys, which mm -hmm. is something we need to break and teach the young men as well, that just because a woman dresses this way doesn't give you any right to 
call her or call her names, approach her and belittle her for how she's dressed. It doesn't mean anything. How she's dressed is not for you. Yes, I say this knowing that there are some girls, there are some girls who dress for the attention. Hence, it is a heart issue. Hence why if you approach the issue, if there's a lady coming into the church who is not dressing modestly, it's a journey. It's not a command, I feel. But, but you know what's great is, it's if the other young ladies, and this is not the important phrase for me, come alongside. Because mm. you can come against somebody. Yes. But, you know, but if I come alongside and you go, have you thought about how you're dressing? You know, mm. church, club, not mm. so much the same. What do mm. you think? It's the come alongside that's, I think, much more effective. Um, but it's tricky also because you don't know someone's heart. Mm. That's what's you know? we have to So talk. there's an old story, but it's, you know, in, in, at a stage it was, you know, should men be allowed to have long hair or not? Mm-hmm. It was a debate at a stage. Um, you know, I don't know how we do it today, Mamiela. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, and one of the guys just said, so, you know, then it comes down to rules because we love mm. making rules. So, so, so what's the rule? When is my hair too long? Or, mm. And, and the, the, one of the guys, he, I think he offered some wisdom. He says, your hair is too long when it's grown into your heart. So it's when it's when it becomes a heart issue and not just a, my hair's long because I haven't had it cut or I like it or whatever. So I think that applies sometimes to fashion as well or and other things. You know, it's when it's in my heart and it's a heart issue, then actually maybe not so much. Um, but you know, there are unequal standards, and I, and I think it can be addressed. Yeah. But but it, even then, if, if we come alongside people, yes. we're more likely to to do the journey well yes. than yes. if we come against. I think there are situations where you come against, you know, mm. like, you know, we don't wear bikinis to this church, sorry. Because yeah. I was going to ask, that's maybe a bit much. No, yeah. but those are really yeah. like Where's the line? Where's modest? Where's the modest? No, but then line? you just is, be like. This is the matter of the heart, bro. Like, if you are coming to garner attention from men, then the problem is in your heart. That is something that we deal with as a community. Mm. But listen, dude. If you just happen to be built well and you wear normal clothes and you know for a fact that you are dressing because you want to be comfortable, I don't think it's your responsibility to change that per se. So, so the interesting principle or so in this discussion is how do we love one another well? Yes, mm. yes. So for me, look, I've never spoken to young ladies on this. I always get other ladies to speak to ladies if it's necessary. Mm. But it's how do we, as brothers and sisters, how do we love one another well? Yeah. And we can have then the, the ethical discussion on that. Um, so let's have the modesty discussion about how we love one another mm-hmm. well for, mm-hmm. instead of having a b- rule-based discussion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I actually mm-hmm. want to ask, um, so what if you've been in a situation where at home you're experiencing, well, you're seeing your parents um, having this whole double standards type of thing and you just grow up thinking it's normal. How do you unlearn what that's you've learned? So look, I think today the exposure in social media helps people because <laughs> it's that thing of, you know, if you've grown up that way, you've always known it that way, it's yeah. not a problem for you. But I think because cultures are blending globally uh, through things like internet and social media, we become exposed much quicker to this. what is normal, that question. Is, is this the mm. way it should be? Or is this the way it shouldn't be? And I think that's where it's important to be able to have discussions, particularly in church context, so that you're getting a, just a godly perspective. Yeah. I think sometimes you do need... Someone with a fully front developed prefrontal cortex, which happens in the early 20s only, apparently, to speak into the situation. Um, mm. And I think it's a thing of, and you know, to quote the Bible, the, the Romans 12, we have to have our minds renewed, yeah. but by the word of God, mm. by God's principles. Mm. And then you might find, okay, well, and then you love your parents as well. Just let me add that in 
to you. Love is important. Awesome. So, sorry guys, maybe just to move on. So, this matter of lists, you know, and I, I know some people advocate it, others don't, but you know, have a list of who you want. Um, you know, pray it through, get your 10 scriptures or, you know, which movies they, you want to reference or whatever. Uh, this matter of lists and traits they want their partners to have, and then they go, God, please rubber stamp this. So you taking your list to God. Um, and then they don't end up getting anybody, and then it's Jesus' fault. Oh. You know, then we blame Jesus. So uh, the question that came in is, are we ridiculous with the lists? <laughs> oh, this is a... This, I think we can be ridiculous with the lists. <laughs> You mean for reflecting reality or we should be? We should. So we can be. We can. I'm confused now. So, so we can be is that we can be, we, it's something we do, we are ridiculous or actually we should be ridiculous with our No, lists. we are ridiculous with okay. our lists. Um, sometimes, it's, it's, you see, I think this is what confuses a lot of people. Wow. <laughs> it's because we're taught, ask God. Watch one, be specific about what you want. And I've experienced where I asked God for one thing, and because I wasn't specific, like just a short story, I was traveling from someplace and I, it was raining, and I got into the house, I was coming to church, and it was raining hard. And I was like, Lord, by the time I get to church, can it please not be raining? And I just felt peace in my heart, fine, I'm in the car, but as soon as my stop was approaching, it was still pouring pouring so i had to get out walked in the rain until i got to the gate of the church and it stopped raining sensational so then i was like should i have been more specific about <laughs> what i wanted like lord by the time i get off this bus can the rain like stop so i guess like in that case some people think about their list of who they want like that they're like okay i want to stop the rain for me god because it's me you know okay. so but I do think it's ridiculous because not everyone is going to fit. I mean, yeah, there are cases. I don't know. I mean, the Lord, hallelujah, you bless those people with their ideal list. But at the same time, there's always going to be like one flaw or not flaw, but something that doesn't fit your list. But that's why they do that 10, 20 thing where like if you 80, 20, I don't know if it's like 80% what you want and 20 what you don't want or 20 what you don't, you do want and 80 Whatever it is, but there's like now this new rule of 80-20. Even if 20 things don't work, mm. at least it's the 80. But I do think the list is ridiculous. Why are you... It's such it a list? difficult thing, because like... There is a level of expectancy that I think you should carry. Yes. Like, certain things can be, you know, non-negotiables for you as a person. Mm. Stuff like that can definitely go yes. on the list, because God is your Heavenly Father made you. There are certain things that He knows he placed in you and requires some f some form of you know aspect of your partner to help you mm. my english just left for a second um but at the same time there's some there's a lot of stuff that's just like influenced by you know culture you know it's a thing of right because you know the the man that's ideal is you know he's built but he's nice but not too nice you know and he's, he's got money but you know he's a nice guy and it's all these things and then we have we have ours well, but don't we be do. that guy we do we have ours well, there must be a certain build and you know they must have this many followers and they must you know it's all, all these ridiculous things and then yeah. we start to stack our list with things that were never meant to be there mm. and i think that's where it goes wrong because all the things that are like fundamental will be there yeah. and jesus will be like i provided you what you needed that's true but because you wanted all these things I... But then again, the Lord gives us choice. Fair. So, so I think we always have choice, but again, it's to me is what makes it on the list. So 
look, I think we're saying they must be they must be a believer. They must be yes, a Christian. That kind of for yep. me non-negotiable. Yes. Should be there. My my thought then would be choose character. Mm. Have some character. Th- if you if you want, if you're going to have a list, choose character. Um, but I think there's also a place in the journey where we can say to God, I'm going to trust you. You know what I need, mm. and I'm going to trust you. Mm. But you have choice. So it's, it's, it's about working with God in the, in the in the process, because God doesn't have to live with them. You do. Mm. So so let's bring that so into the discussion a little bit as well. But I think if in your heart you can say, Look, God, I'm going to trust you. You know what I need. Must be a believer and these traits. Can, can I say something that might be a little uncomfortable? But we tend to think, and I think it's different in different families, but we tend to think our parents don't know us. But actually your parents know you. Mm. So somewhere, it's, I don't think it's a terrible idea to go to your parents and say, who do you think, oh, what type of person wow. do you see? Yes, I would do that. No, it's going to be super uncomfortable. I'm no, down for that. Because your parents, <laughs> your parents know you better than you think maybe. That's now, I mean, if you've been out of the house yeah. for 20 years, or, <laughs> you know, and, and there's all kinds of home situations that factor into this equation. Mm. But your parents know you. That's true. You know. Now, in my culture, it's quite a big thing to to make sure the girl meets, the, your parents meet the girl. Let me use my gender. Parents meet the girl before you get married. And that was very important for me. I wanted to honor my parents in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom surprised. I mean, I hadn't lived at home for, I went to boarding school. So I hadn't technically been at home for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And when my mom met um, my wife, Tia, she, she knew. Because I didn't introduce her to my mom as this is the one I want to marry. This was this is my friend Tia, just so that you get to know her. I was quite clever in how I did it, or at least I thought I was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just arranged how they could happen to meet. Wow. Um, in the thing, because they lived two hours away, so I had to be clever. <laughs> but your parents know you know you better than you think. Mm. If I can just, I don't think they're necessarily determinative, but um, arranged marriages also work, eh? Globally, Learned let's just say that. that. You learn to love your know, The thing about parents knowing, you know, I've, I've, so my parents made it very clear. They were like, you do not bring women home until you bring the one. Thank you. That's that's me. Now, that specifically. it started to change over time because I'm not going to say I have a girlfriend. I learned I've never, I've never opened my mouth in that house and said, my girlfriend in their presence. That's no, my friend. Yeah. When they say that's your girlfriend, that's my cue to say my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But even so, just pay attention to the language they use when they speak about this character. Because you can kind of tell. Like, my previous relationship, my parents asked about her all the time. We went from just, you know, don't bring a woman to like, oh, so how's she doing? And I was like, ah. That means something. You see? Yeah. Because the previous relationship, everything to do with a girlfriend, my life just was in shambles. I was uninspired. I was a mess. And then they were like, don't date women. <laughs> Study. <laughs> and then second time came around, my eyes were very much like, okay, not very much open. They were a lot more open than before. Um, and all of a sudden the conversation changed because I was very principled around, no, you know, she's fine. I haven't seen her in a week because I'm working. <laughs> And then they start to see, okay, so he's growing up and he's maturing in this context. Mm. And then, you know, your parents can start to have a say about this thing. Mm. 
You'll speak to them soon about my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, my no. parents are different. And it's complicated, yeah. My parents are books. If you, if, you, if you don't study, we're going to have a problem. They will scale you, they will... Okay. Who's your family? What did you study? Is your family like a bunch of academics? My family's an academic <laughs> family, so they're going to use that kind of metric. Mm. Um, but on that list, Hey, Mavu, we get ridiculous lists. 100%. We hear different mm. things here at church. As church guys who love the Lord, mm. we hear we hear crazy things. Just blue again. We must have blue eyes on Tuesday. Yeah, it's this unrealistic list, and it's like, oh, okay. That's bad. And so, um, I don't know how many guys do that, but before you know, we, we see the goal. We're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna shoot my shot. It's done. Some guys are like, you know, can we get the coffee and get to know each other, you know? Before you do that, you check the ground. Am I this girl's type or not? And you ask them, so, what's your type? What's your flavor? Ah, oh, man, and they describe everything opposite you and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, bless you, hallelujah. <laughs> you're way out of my league. Oh, and, and you move, and then after that, you find the person's like, oh, Lord Jesus. They're like the Book of Lamentations. There's no man around in the church. It's a horrible situation. And you're like, what do you mean there's no one around? Look at your list, you know? You want T.D. Jakes and Jason Statham in one, you know, wow. it's, it's so weird. But Wait, I think combo. Okay, 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 I, I withdraw. That's so weird, I'm looking at it now. But I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for the drama though, because it is really just this thing of it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. And I think it's it's the mixture of what is informing the list. Because mm. I think what informs the expectations is the same thing that informs the list. Yeah. Mm. Um, of the value systems. What premium do you place on, on a partner? What do you want? And I think social media and outside influences have, have had a bigger voice in that of what your what your boyfriend sh or girlfriend should look like and show me this is what you should expect right. you know? aye, 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 and aye. you know and like you with your you, your man there he don't earn money as big as big as your other friend and your other friends like Whoo, i'm telling you right now if a man don't make money i am done with broke guys and there's just those there's those small narratives and nuances that that get into the psyche of, 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 of that list. And I used to, I used to, um, so if you don't know me, you'll know me now. I'm not the tallest guy you find in the world, you know? I think I'm average. A lot more people around me are, are, are much taller than average, especially in the country that I'm in, if you're not watching and you're not from South Africa. And, um, and so obviously there was a time where I was like, okay, I am gonna try this online dating thing, you know? I, I was watching CNBC and they talked about this awesome app that came out called Tinder where you can just swipe left, swipe right. I'm like, mm, this is interesting. I'm gonna try this, you know? Swipe left, swipe right, you know? And this is purely based on aesthetic, right? And then That's obviously right. once you match with a person, you get to talk to them. And then you go on a date, right? Uh, and obviously on that app, you ask, what's your type? And the girls say the same answer. Oh, I don't really have a type, you know? And, but he must be A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And the one girl, I, I, I will remember till I die. She's like, yeah, no, I don't really have a type, but I like guys that are same height as me or a bit taller, you know? And the next person like, well, how tall are you? 
And she's like, 1.76 or 7. I was like, what on earth? She's just a bit shorter than you. <laughs> not just a bit, you know. She's got, she's long. She's not tall, wow, she's long. Uh, on top of that, you know, uh, I was like, okay, cool. You know what? I'm gonna shoot my shot anyway. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know let's, let's go for coffee or let's go for lunch. And so we go on this date and this girl walks in. Um, colloquially, there's a term called guababa. Guababa is... <laughs> guababa is the fear that, that overcomes you when you're, when you're very intimidated by a woman. Okay. Uh, uh, it's both of those men. It's called cold, cold, cold feet cold when you see someone that you, okay. that you cold like. Feet. Got it. And that shot in me from the top of my head to the soles of, soles of my feet. And she sat down. And we had a conversation. And once we start having the conversation, um, it was great. I mean, great conversation, great connection. It was awesome. And then the thing she said was, you know, you're not my ideal type, but you're actually an amazing person. Oh, it's like, are you serious? Are you kidding me right now? Like, I could have told you that before you started mentioning the 1.76 things. So let's actually get in the way 100%. of what really yeah, could be a beautiful point. thing. Also, I want to say lists with, with just, just decide on what you place value on. Your list can't be a definitive thing. Like, pick principles. I think yeah. Neil said it earlier. Pick character. Yeah, character yeah. values. Yeah. Yes, yeah. pick things that matter because, listen, you'll say you want a bold man. You want a strong, buff guy. Let him turn 35. Oh, shaka. What's the plan? Most bold guys, one thing happens. They look like me. <laughs> <laughs> you still look... I'm talking yeah. about dudes that go from this. And then the belly is just this overwhelming thing, right? And, and everything you wanted in a partner suddenly goes away, but you've been married 10 years. What happens then? So, picture's not cute no more. So decide, so decide on what you place value on, because if you're going to go for someone who is kind, someone who is a good person, that's the Lord. Nah, the Lamb of God. Kind of fall away. You know, growing up, um, okay, well, not growing up because I'm still young, but when I was in high school, I went to an all girls school. And there was always so much pressure of do not settle for less. And there was always yeah. a thing of if he cheats, you leave. If he's, he, he has to be this, the man must be this. So, yeah. I don't know. But I think the key thing there is what is the less? What is the less? Mm. Yes. You know, yeah. so, so I don't think you should settle for less. Don't do it, girl. Um, but that's, so maybe just, you know, I think the other thing, you've got to bring Jesus into the space. You've got to. And I know it's, there's an interaction and it's expectations and you know the one thing always used to be what happens if Jesus told me to marry someone I'm not attracted to it's a very simple answer he'll make you attracted to them that's how he's God that's so it'll be fine it'll get sorted you know he's because he's good he's not going to make you miserable why would he want to do that that's true actually you know but just to jump on that I, I have heard of situations where the Lord like specifically one lady I know she um, her husband has very big hands and she literally prayed to God. She's like, you know, Lord, I just, I really like my husband to have big hands. And he did. And she was telling me this. And I think when she told me that, I started writing my list. And I was like, if you can be specific about that, the length of that person's hands. You see, Neil, this, no, no, this is the thing. No, but, it's cool, but then, <laughs> then you have to, that's your step. Then you wait. And you, then you wait. And then, and then I went out because forever. of that. I had. <laughs> Don't be that guy with lamentations. You must Don't be, be that guy. <laughs> Why did, would Jesus do that? No, no, I no, did no, because then obviously I learned because I did create a list and yeah. 
I'm ashamed to say my list had 40 things, 43 things on it. My God. Um, I was very specific. I mean, she said hands. Studio audience. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, bro? Even the people behind the camera are losing their minds. Like, I was specific. That's it. But then after that, I, I have a question. Specific what? to what you wanted? Or specific to what God placed in your heart? Well, there were things that God placed in my heart and there were things that I wanted. Okay. Because I'm flesh as well. Unfortunately. Um, um, But yeah, no. And then later I realized, hmm, no. And some of you know, like I, from the 43 things that I had, I reassessed a lot and I just brought it down to 39. No! Three, sorry. <laughs> three, yeah. Because I was like, these are the things that I place a lot of value on. Um, and then the rest, like now, my type, I'm just like, Lord, you know my heart. Because that's the thing. When I had my 43 things, I'd be like, Lord, I want one, two, three, four, five, blah, 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 43. But at the end of the day, whoever you give me is fine. Because I know that's who you want me to be. You want to say, okay, you want to say, okay, you can say, this is what I want. No, that was what we like. Well, that's what I told my dad, and he was like, "Well, he didn't say anything." It's Good luck with that. And sure. now I'm just like, I have forty, I have three things, but you know what I like. It's that thing of he still knows my heart. But these are non-negotiables, right? Yeah, no, the three are the that's non-negotiables. I mean. The rest, I'm just mm-hmm. like, hello, be nice. Anything but... to do with things that pass away, consider that on your list. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say because. Mm-hmm. If someone is a kind person, yeah, it takes a lot to like flip them the other way around. That's usually trauma and mm. just a whole lot of just bad choice or well, bad things happening to them. But hey, you must have money. Money comes and goes, guys. Let me tell you. Yeah. But age plays. I think age plays a factor as well. Because mm. I heard, you know, when you're when the nine, 18, 19 to twenty-two, they're moving targets. They're all over the place. You, you don't know? actually know what you want. Yeah, to be honest. That's true. Twenty-two to twenty-five, they're starting to settle down, starting to get some sense. Twenty-five to thirty, you know, the first alarm starts ringing out. You know, people are disappearing here. I Just think I need to calm down. Take one thing off the list every year. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, oh! When you get to 40, can we go for coffee? Yes, I do. I will marry you. Let's do it tomorrow. So, I mean, I've heard, I've heard pastors say that. I don't advocate it, but just ask everyone in the first one that says yes, take them. So, it's a bit much, I think. But. Fortunately, this isn't it. We will have a part two. Thank you for listening to I Want to Know. See you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Charles. Cheers. Cheers.